Hello and welcome back to the Cafe Hustle. Today I'm talking to Rebecca Feely of Kale & Co in Dublin, Ireland. So today we're going to be talking about how they have grown the business from just a pop-up doing smoothie bowls all the way up to a fully fledged brick and mortar cafe in the middle of Dublin. But we're going to be talking about why vegan options for all of your customers are so important and not just for those following vegan lifestyles, why it's really important to establish a wider support network for both yourself and your business, and how being authentic to your own personal values can help with your loyalty of your customers, but also your staff members as well. We're going to be talking about this and so much more when we get back from thanking our sponsor. Is training new staff members costing you huge amounts of money and only achieving inconsistent results at best? Trainual, with its easy-to-use platform, can significantly reduce your training costs whilst increasing consistency across your entire business through recording and documenting your repeatable tasks all in one place. Visit trainual.com and use promo code CAFEHUSTLE for a seven-day free trial and 10% off your first 12 months. Beck, thank you very much for joining me on the Cafe Hustle. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I am very well. Glad that we could, after a few audio issues, we've managed to get going a little bit later than we planned. So we'll get started. Let us know about your purpose. What drives you to do what you do? Um, I think for me, a big part of it was going on my own kind of journey, finding the plant-based lifestyle and then having a bit of a passion for like spreading that to as many people as I can. I really love the idea of like feeding people with really like wholesome nourishing food and yeah I guess in terms of what keeps me going I think it's probably when you have those moments where you get feedback from a customer where you kind of happen to overhear someone saying to each other you know like this is so good and you know when you really see people um, experiencing what you intended I think those are the, the kind of key moments that keep me going. Yeah it is it's great certainly like from a community point of view and we've got having these positive influences on our customers and they're enjoying what they have from our shops it's really a great feeling isn't it? so tell me about your journey then how did you get into starting kale and coco how like the journey into hospitality yeah i feel like it's almost kind of a, a cliche like corporate to cafe story at this stage but um yeah i'm very much one of those i i studied business i majored in finance um, I worked in a very corporate job for a few years in an investment bank in New York and then London. And basically a couple of years in, I decided I wanted to go traveling. So I quit my job and went on a big round the world backpacking trip, another cliche. Um, but yes, yeah, so I spent about 18 months traveling and during that stint did um, like seven months in Melbourne in Australia. And I was traveling with a friend of mine and Along the way, we both kind of went vegan. I'd been veggie most of my life. Um, but so a big a big part of our travels was kind of going to all the best vegan and veggie cafes and checking out their menus. Um, we definitely got a lot of inspiration from that. And then after I got back from traveling, um, I kind of was faced with this decision. Do I go back into my corporate world? Um, do I want to try something different? And my friend that I've been traveling with, she'd actually come home a few months earlier than me. And she was like, I have this idea. I want to open a vegan business and ask me to do it with her. And yeah, five years later, here I am. Yeah. So in terms of the concept then of Kale & Coco, what, what is the ethos of the business? What is it your, what essentially, what is 
the theme of your business? Yeah, so our, our whole thing is plant-based food that's good for you. So um, the emphasis is really on food that is genuinely like nutritious and wholesome and healthy. Um, I think with vegan food, it's very easy to kind of get caught up with thinking like, oh, because it's vegan, it must be healthy, which isn't actually the case with, you know, a lot of vegan food that's out there. So um, we just really wanted to keep it quite stripped back and focus on whole foods um, and make sure everything was very like nutritiously dense and filling and as well as like tasting good, obviously. And how did you go about developing that concept? And did you pull on other people's influences, other people's ideas? How did you get to where, where it is now? Yeah, so, so we actually started out as a smoothie bowl bar and um, we were Ireland's first smoothie bowl bar. So that concept kind of came about from our travels and um, myself and Jen, my business partner at the time, we were kind of sitting having breakfast in our kitchen and we'd made ourselves smoothie bowls, which they were things that we'd had a lot while we were traveling um, and we really missed them. And we were kind of just like, nobody's nobody's doing these in Ireland right now. So that's how it was originally born. We just decided we we're going to bring smoothie bowls to Ireland. And it was very much um, at the peak of, you know, acai was becoming super trendy and a bit of a buzzword in, in the health food space. And you're seeing all over Instagram, these like gorgeous acai bowls with lots of fruit and toppings. And they're very Instagramable, very trendy. So we were kind of hopping on that trend a little bit. Um, and we started off just doing pop-ups. So we had a number of temporary locations to kind of test the concept out. And I guess one of the things we learned pretty quickly was that it's a very niche offering, um, particularly in Ireland, like Dublin's very, very small um, in comparison to the likes of, you know, New York and LA and London. So uh, we also do not have the weather that, you know, Bali and Sydney and yeah, we don't have the weather for, for that kind of a concept. So that's kind of what led us to the cafe, which is a much more of like a broader um, menu. We've got salad bowls, we do treats, we do smoothies, we obviously do coffee now as well. So that's kind of the trajectory we went down. Yeah. And I think you're right. You're touching there on the, the challenges of certainly introducing something new to an area. You are trying to almost educate people at the same time on these new trends, as well as trying to have a sustainable business. So did you get any sort of feedback from customers at the time that influenced generally, well, the direction to where you are now? Is there something that um, I think a lot of the feedback we got was, do you have any hot food? <laughs> I guess on like a rainy day, yeah. like today in, in March or February in Ireland, people don't really want to eat something super cold. So um, that was kind of the big feedback we got. And, and just in general, I think not being too niche, even, even kind of um, feedback we got from other businesses is that it's going to be really hard to survive just having like a single product offering in a city with this kind of a population and especially when you're vegan plant-based you're already kind of narrowing down your potential customer market yeah so how long did it take you then to transition from that original idea through to what you are doing now is it something that happened over quite a while or did it happen very quickly no it was it was definitely gradual it kind of tied in with us finding um the cafe space so we did our pop-ups, we kind of used them as testing grounds. And then when we found this place, which was like our first kind of standalone brick and mortar cafe, um, that's when we really had the opportunity to expand our offering, you know, because 
we were in control of so much more and we had a bigger space and we could set up the kitchen how we liked. So that's really when we started um, developing a much broader menu and offering. Yeah. So in terms of then talking more about vegan lifestyles, what is driving this increase in people asking for or following the vegan lifestyle because i know certainly as a cafe owner myself when i first took over there was very little in the way of of people asking for for vegan options but then like 2020 came around and we really had a big uptick in the number of people that were asking for it so what is it that's driving that it's funny because when we when we first started i remember we were almost scared to use like the v word we called it you know there was still very much a bit of like a negative connotation with it that we were like, we were, you know, kind of bending over backwards to use like plant-based and and not be co- like using the term vegan because we didn't want to be alienating people. And there was still this kind of concept that like, oh, veganism is so extreme. And then we almost had like a 180 where it became the buzzword and like everyone was talking about vegan. Everywhere you went, it was like, here's our new vegan menu, here are our new vegan options. So um, it's funny how it's done like, a bit of a 180 through our journey as well um but i guess the usually the big three reasons that people start adopting a vegan lifestyle or plant-based um diet is either animal welfare um for health reasons or for the environment and i guess with the animal welfare thing that's something that's been around forever you know and that's that's something everyone's known about for a very long time whereas I feel like the focus on the kind of health benefits and the environmental impact, that's something that's, you know, we're only really learning a lot more about in recent times. So I'd say that has a lot to do with the push um, that we've seen in recent years. There's just a lot more information out there about, you know, how this type of diet can be better for your health or how it can be better for the environment. And where do you see it going? Do you think it's going to carry on growing at, well, at this rate? Do you think it will? Or business is going to have to really start thinking more about the vegan options that they are offering people? Yeah, I do. I mean, I've kind of built my business around it. So obviously I do. Yeah. I do Open believe in it. Yeah. 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 Um, I think one thing we're kind of seeing now is people are a lot more accepting of the fact that it's not just a fad. I think a few years back, people talked about it like, oh, it's a buzzword. It's trendy. We want to throw something vegan on the menu just while it's trendy to take advantage of that whereas what we have seen in the last few years is really just like a steady increase in the number of people that are adopting plant-based diets the number of companies that are launching vegan products um even just the amount of like chatter there is on the internet about it so i do really think it's an upward trend that is going to continue particularly as the environmental impact comes a lot more into focus, I, like I think we're going to be hearing a lot about that in general. And I think that's probably more where the pressure will come from, you know, governments onto companies and then that trickles down onto the consumer. I think you're right. It's, it's certainly the environmental and the sustainability side of things is going to, more and more people, whether they are following a vegan diet or not, they are more aware of it, aren't they? And I think the stuff, like certainly, I'm, we talk about alternative milks. A lot of them can be or better for the uh, for the environment. Certainly, I know I'm I'm due, due to talk to someone about potato milk, which is fairly new. I'm 
and but it's being touted as being highly sustainable in comparison to the others. So I think it is going to be things that are going to be coming into people's minds a lot more. Certainly, young people as they are growing up and they're finding out or making their own choices, it's it's certainly happening a lot more that people are being conscious about their diet as well as other choices in life. So in terms of setting up your brick and mortar then, what were some of the challenges that you faced in developing what it is now? Um, I, I think from from the kind of vegan perspective, one of the big battles we had at the start was deciding if we were going to offer dairy milk or not. Um, so this was three years ago and it was like a very kind of, de- it would have been a very out there thing to have absolutely no dairy milk um especially in ireland people love you know their cow's milk we have we have very good like um reputation you know for our dairy products so that was a big thing for us and what we what we initially decided on was that we would have dairy milk but we were going to put a surcharge on it and almost flip you know the way it was in most cafes where you know there's a standard price but if you want to oat or almond or coconut it's 50 cent extra so we were going to do the opposite and that in a way was kind of how we were going to justify, okay, well, at least we're encouraging people to make the switch. Um, we're charging extra. But when it came down to it, we actually, we couldn't do it. And um, I think this is kind of where it comes into like, you know, taking into account your own beliefs and what you're comfortable with and your gut instinct. And because um, both myself and my business partner at the time were vegan and obviously we don't consume any really dairy products so we when it came down to actually like ordering it like literally picking up the phone and placing the order we were like I can't do this um so we yeah we decided in the end to launch fully plant-based and we were very nervous about this because we're we're in the city center but we're in like it's a little bit of a neighborhood of its own there is like a very wide mix of people here a lot of older people you know it's it's not just like a city full of you know trendy uh, millennials that are you know all about their oat milk so we had a few moments of um you know having to convince people to give it a go but in general people were so like positive and receptive towards it and we've had so many people of they're not vegan or anything but they just love oat milk and that's like their normal go-to now um so yeah that was that was a bit of a scary one at the start and now it doesn't seem crazy at all because there's so many vegan coffee shops and restaurants opening that only serve you know vegan milks but at the time it seemed like a bit of a crazy thing to do yeah i think i'm one i'm a big advocate for for businesses adopting their values and sticking to them Mm. because i think that gives a more authentic uh, experience to customers than not like you say if your beliefs are that you avoid dairy or it's going against your values then to offer that to to your customers and I think it's a little bit different to the flip side where a conventional cafe is offering alternative milk or, or vegan menu option. They're, it's not against their yeah, values to do that. And I think it's, like you say, it's a tough choice, especially with a tough audience, a tough uh, a tough customer base. But you, I think, from my opinion, that is absolutely the right thing to do to, to stick to your beliefs. Yeah. Did you get any kickback from it? Very little. Um, I've had I, I feel like I could count on one hand the number of customers that have come in and walked back out because we don't have cow's milk um, it, it definitely happened a lot more at the beginning because it just people weren't as used to it or you know it wasn't being they, they weren't seeing it everywhere the way you do now 
Um, but for the most part, people are absolutely fine. Um, when we don't have it, they're like, oh, it's fine, I'll have oatmeal. And yeah, like I said, we've had so many people come back in saying that was delicious or, you know, they didn't even know that it was oat milk. Um, and that's what they get now going forward. And yeah, I'd, I'd actually say probably half and half with our customer base are, are not actually vegan at all. Um, they're more this like the flexitarian kind of um, term. And I think that's what we're going to see a lot more of is people not necessarily sticking to very like strict vegan lifestyle but they're just in general trying to reduce their meat consumption trying to um, have plant-based once a week or monday to friday and that's who make up a lot of our customer base now yeah and i think uh, this is a good point i think i want to touch on uh, the whatsapp group you're involved with and i think you said Mm -hmm. that it's got given you a lot of support and i can imagine developing your business as it is has been a fairly tough process so I think you wanted to give them a quick shout out in terms of the help they've given you. Yeah, I did, especially since we had International Women's Day yesterday. Um, Yeah, we have a WhatsApp group of female cafe and restaurant owners in Dublin. And it started out with, I think, four of us. And we're now at something like 22 members, I think. Um, And it's just been the best resource ever, especially the last two years with the pandemic. It's been such a stressful time. There has been nothing nicer than knowing like there's a group of people going through the exact same thing that you can vent to or any questions you have, you know, like, you know, what do you do with your staff about this? Someone always has an answer. Even a lot of us are actually neighbors or in the same area. And, you know, someone will put in the group, oh, I've run out of 12 ounce hot cups. Has anyone got some I can borrow and I'll pop down the road and grab some from my neighbor. And that's been so nice to see. And it's such a great community aspect of being involved in this industry. I, I love that, that there's not this like feeling of competition, but everyone's supporting each other, everyone's helping each other out. So yeah, I, I don't know that I would have survived the last couple of years without them, to be honest. It's brilliant to hear that that's the relationship you've got. Because I think you're right, some places can be hyper competitive. And in reality, when everyone's working together, it's better for everyone's business, isn't it? It's not just that one is going to win out over the other. So to to know that in an area, like you say, that everyone's close by, that you've got that support network that you can fall back on outside of what is a normal support network. But it's great to hear that you've benefited so much from that. Yeah, 100%. So in terms of then going back to the cafe and now thinking more along the food offer, what have you, how did you develop or decide on what you were offering from a food point of view? Because I know you said you're all about wholesome, nutritious food. So what came into that then? What were you looking to offer your customers? So um, I think a, a big part of it was ensuring everything was very balanced. So in a way, what we were creating was the type of food we were eating ourselves as well. Like, we, you know, we were quite healthy. We made, ate mainly whole food plant-based diet. So we were recreating the type of meals that we would eat ourselves, but we were putting a big emphasis on the actual nutritional value, making sure, okay, are there enough calories in this? Is there some fat? Is there protein? We're really trying to minimize um, added salt and sugar and using oils. Like we don't have a fryer or anything in the kitchen. So when, as we were developing recipes, we were always thinking, oh, can we reduce the salt content in this or can we add something in so it's more balanced so we really spent a lot of time um working that stuff out 
And then I guess the other part that was quite important to us was making sure it looked good too, because especially now in the world of Instagram, you know, people eat with their eyes and it's, it's so important that, you know, what you serving people is visually attractive as well. And the smoothie bowls kind of lend themselves to that naturally, you know, they're very aesthetically pleasing and yeah, we just wanted to make sure we were continuing that with all of our food offering, that it looks really colorful and appetizing and actually a lot has to go into that I think people don't realize in terms of like plating and what can and can't go next to each other and even with the smoothies um I think people are like oh it's so easy to make a smoothie but we were we spent so long working on the smoothie recipes because you know if you combine you know your instinct is okay let's throw some spinach in there because we want to add some greens if you put spinach with any like berries you end up with a gray smoothie and no one wants to drink a gray smoothie. So <laughs> no. yeah, quite a bit of work went into those. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how we worked out to, to come up with the menus and make sure that what we were serving, you know, we could, we were happy to stand behind and say, yeah, this is a really like filling, nutritious, healthy, balanced meal. Yeah. And was that from you? Or do you have your, your kitchen, the guys in the kitchen, were they involved in that? Is that how, um, at that it stage, worked. it was it was just myself and Jen that were kind of coming up with the concept. So we didn't have anyone else. Um, now that I have a bigger team, um, yeah, it's definitely something. We, we kind of have our core menu items and then we switch up some seasonal things. So it is something I always kind of keep in mind with the guys in the kitchen when they'll, they'll come to me being like, hey, I was thinking about like, what do you think about doing this? And I'll be like, can we come up with a version that doesn't have, you know, added sugar or can we swap this out to keep the fat content down or that kind of a thing? Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of locally, do you have to, have you had to adjust any of the recipes? Obviously that like some of the ones that would work worldwide, perhaps, have you had to tweak them for your demographic? Um, not, not massively. Um, I guess one our, our best seller today still is the classic acai, which is like our first dish. And obviously acai is grown in, only in the Amazon region in Brazil. So from the get-go, I think we were having to get a lot of kind of exotic ingredients, especially a lot of the health foods and stuff. They're just not, they're like tropical fruits, they're not grown in Ireland. Um, but we have found it okay, you know, getting supply of all those things um, so far anyway. And... Yeah, I, like we we get a lot of people that come in and that are that have been traveling or that have been living abroad that kind of come here purposefully because they're like, oh, I used to get this all the time when I lived in Melbourne, or oh, I had this and I was on holidays in Bali. I'm so happy to have it again. Um, so yeah, it's a, a little treat more closer to home than than having to go to Bali to get it. So yeah, talking now again, going back to to vegan trends and perhaps for businesses that aren't having or don't have a wide variety of vegan options what is the risk and the downside of neglecting a vegan option on on businesses menus in 2022 yeah I I think you'd be hard pressed to find a business that doesn't have some vegan options these days like I even see it in Dublin you know the difference between last year and or this year when we started everywhere has vegan options now um but I think in terms of the downside is you are kind of alienating a good chunk of of customers. I think it's something people almost expect you to have now. And one of the things I find with the vegan or the plant-based community is they're very vocal and they're very loyal. So if 
they have a good experience or if they have a bad experience I feel like people will hear about it you know there there's a lot of Facebook groups and networks and stuff like that and because for for them like finding good vegan options is such a big thing they want to share it um I I think there is a bit of downside in terms of not meeting that expectation and the fact that probably someone's going to hear about it or maybe it's going to you're going to get feedback in the form of a review um that I think would be the downside and just nowadays you like if you have a group that are going out for dinner going out for lunch the chances are at least one of them is plant-based or vegetarian or gluten-free has some sort of dietary requirements um I remember one point going for dinner with a group and there was like I was vegan one girl was vegetarian another one was intolerant to garlic and onion another one was gluten-free it was like all these different dietary requirements so I feel like you do have to make the effort to kind of have an offering for everyone yeah and I think especially as you say now people that who are not necessarily full-time adopting a vegan approach to whatever they do it's there's people who are now consciously making the choice to occasionally have a vegan option I think that is there it's not just people who are 100% vegan that you are alienating now there's a chance that that is bleeding into a large part of our customer bases yeah because you have people now that are just like oh I just just in the mood for something veggie or not in the mood to have meat for my lunch or I'm gonna have it for my dinner and I only want to have it once a day so they're the kind of people you want to be catering for as well and what's your viewpoint or your philosophy of your business in terms of meat substitutes so things that are imitating meat do you use them in the business or you do you steer away from them we tend to steer away from them um we do like I I do consider us for the most part whole food plant-based which um we try to stick to like pretty much fruit and veggies and grains um the one thing we do have on the menu is tempeh um so tempeh is a little bit like tofu it's it's made from soybean as well but it's a lot less processed um and then it also has some uh, prebiotic benefits. So I guess from that perspective, I see it as being able to offer a little bit more than just being a you know a meat substitute. But that's kind of as far as I'll go in terms of offering meat substitutes. We don't even use any um, you know vegan cheese or anything like that. We really do try to stick to whole food. Yeah, I think yeah, there's I definitely guess- a there's definitely a benefit to whole food. Sorry, what were you going to say then? I was just going to say I I think there is you know, the demand for that kind of offering, especially in more of like the fast food space, but it's just never been what we've been trying to do. What we're kind of trying to prove that you can have a really tasty, satisfying meal. That's just whole foods. Now looking to the future, um, what is the plans for you guys in the next 12 months? I know we're just still coming out of a pandemic, which is, is going to have an effect for a long time, isn't it? And it's, it's going to be strange to be looking or changing our viewpoint from the next six weeks to further than that. But what's in the future for Kale and Coco? Yeah, I like at the moment, the focus just seems to be to get back to some sort of normality because for so long, there was no point in even trying to make plans for the future. Um, but one of the things I really want to focus on is our community and, and growing our community around the brand because um, pre-pandemic, we'd started to host a few events and they went really well and I really love the idea of bringing people together in the space and making more use of it and and having the opportunity to like educate people as well. So um, we're just starting to get back into the swing of things. So I really want to focus on 
more events in the space. Um, I'm also launching a weekend brunch menu that will be a little bit different from our weekday offering. Um, and as I said, we're going back to seven days a week, so that will be a big change. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the weekend brunch. Um, I think our, our offering at the moment was always designed to be sort of grab and go, go style. And for the most part, that does suit the, the weekday trend, you know, for people working. But I think at the weekend, people tend to come for an experience. You know, they want to sit down and enjoy it. So I kind of want to tap into that a little bit more and have a bit more of like a sit down brunch experience. And I do think Dublin's maybe missing a little bit of of the vegan brunch scene. Like we're great for brunch in general, but a lot of the times your option is kind of the poached egg and avocado on toast minus the poached egg. So I'm excited to have a bit more like creative offerings on the menu for for vegan brunch yeah yeah certainly the weekend brunch for us was by far our busiest time of the week as well so yeah it is it's once you can like you say you're getting into that now and and certainly to offer the vegan option and if you are one of the first to offer a decent range of of vegan brunch uh, options it could be really really good for you guys yeah. So before we say goodbye, let us know how we can get or people can find out more about what you do and connect with you and see a bit more about your business. Yeah, sure. Um, so we have our website. It's kaleandcoco.com. And we also probably most act- active on Instagram out of all the social channels. Um, so, yeah, you'll find lots of stuff there and all our community events and things like that are always posted. Yeah. And it's kaleandcoco underscore IE. Listen, Beck, thank you very much for your time today. I'm great grateful we actually got this going in the end, which uh, I thought at one point we might have to reschedule, but I'm glad we, we got it and I'm glad I found out a bit more about your business. So thank you very much for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is a quick shout out. So if you are really liking what we're doing, if there's anything in particular you like or you think someone else will benefit from what we do at the Cafe Hustle, please share it with them. Let them know about particular episodes or the show as a whole. And I'd also love your feedback. Please drop me an email at andy at thecafehustle.com and let me know your thoughts. Thanks to Beck there. And it's great to hear her story, her experience with vegan trends in and around Dublin or Ireland in general. But as businesses, we do need to really keep an eye on these sorts of trends so we can make sure we're serving the market that is around our businesses so much better. For example, people are now choosing, even if they're not fully adopting vegan lifestyles, as Beck touched on there, they are making more or they're more conscious about their choices so they will be choosing some vegan options over meat options in your restaurants and your cafes and your coffee shops so we need to make sure we're catering to those people and giving them the choice that they can be happy that when they come to your business they know they will have a selection of options you also have to think about the loyalty especially when you have values yourself and make sure you reflect them in your business because then you are going to see your customers and your staff stay loyal to you because you're providing a more authentic experience for them when they visit your cafe coffee shop or restaurant so until next time thank you again for joining me on the cafe hustle